Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus Investor Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. Uh, we are in the middle of the Venus retrograde and I have noted that during this process that Venus and the Sun are very much connected to the asteroids or a few asteroids of note. So I wanted to talk about asteroids because they do deliver an extra dose of understanding and meaning to our lives, especially where karma is concerned, where we are perhaps tripped up. And when we look into those asteroids that are specific in our charts, we can see the stories mimicked or played out in our own lives in some modern sense. The asteroids that I've noted are um, Pallas Athena, although she does move on quite quickly into Virgo. And I want to talk about her along with the Mercury retrograde in Virgo, because I think she's playing both. She's there at the beginning of the Venus retrograde in Leo, and then she moves into Virgo and then will be linked to not only the Grand Earth Trine at the end of um at the end of August, but also within the Mercury retrograde, she's key to that Mercury retrograde as well. And of course, Pallas Athena is our intelligence, our natural ability, and where we either think we don't have to learn because it's just there, or it's something that you know comes to us so quickly and we want to master it even more. Then, of course, there is Lilith, and I've done previous podcasts about Lilith. She's one of my favourites because, you know, she doesn't take prisoners and she's not stuck or she will not stick around where there's patriarchal views that are unfair or any views that are unfair, That's where someone is being maligned or treated as a less than. She really stands up for those that have been oppressed, including herself. And, you know, she's going to call out the bullshit and stands up where she believes in something that needs to be right and is good and is true. And even if that means for her, there is more hardship. And that's key to her standing point and the key to what she stands for, that she's prepared to walk away. And I think that's a really important point about Lilith. Prepared to walk away when you want to stand up for your rights or the rights of someone else. So that's Lilith. And then there is Juno. Juno, I, I have called the marriage broker. I don't think anyone else has called that, but I just wanted to sum up how she appears in our chart and what she's there to represent the marriage broker or the marriage, the long term relationship. And especially if it's a contractual relationship, because she was kind of head of state in in her sort of life rather than just a wife. So she really did deal with kind of more contractual agreements. But really in our life, it is she is a marriage broker. Um, she had, <laughs> she suffered, she was the long suffering wife. She was the daughter of Saturn, but she married Jupiter, aka Zeus. And that that's that was some hardship because Zeus was and Zeus stroke Jupiter was um playing away, man about town, you know, really not conducive to a domestic situation, but she stuck it out. And, um, you know, the patri ancient patriarchal antiquity, they love a wife like the Penelopes of the world that stick it out. Penelope was um, um, the long 
long-awaiting wife of Odysseus when he went off on his travels. That was 20 years. Oh, my God. She waited him for 20 years and refused all offers in between and not even having heard of from him. No letters, nothing. So um, that's kind of the long-standing suffering that they're expecting. But we don't these days. We're taking the idea here that she represents marriage and a long-term relationship. Or if it's not a romantic relationship, it's a long-term contractual relationship. And then I noticed that Circe was involved and I absolutely adore Circe and her story. I really kind of um, align with whatever happened to her right from her birth um, when she was um, uh, she was a nymph born of Helios, the sun god. And, you know, the, the she had a voice that um, the other gods were like, you sound like a human. You sound terrible. You're rasping, you're, you know. <laughs> And 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 I remember when I was a kid, my dad and my mom used to go, your voice is terrible. They used to really have a go. And even now, this, my dad is still playing that song. And 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 so I really when I read Madeline Miller's book, Circe, um, I really felt that, you know, it was the first thing that happened to her. And I was like, yeah, I get this. She eventually gets banished to this island, this amazing, beautiful island where she learns witchcraft properly. And in the uh, and Odysseus gets uh, shipwrecked on her island. And in the patriarchal view, she turns his men into swine. So she has the art of shapeshifting, of changing things dramatically um, and but when you read Madeline Miller's book, you read it from a, a very much more, uh, not matriarchal, but a, a, um, a more modern or contemporary idea that she was on this island alone and then ship rate, there's 10, 20 men arrive and hungry, thirsty, lusty. Of course, you're going to turn them into swine. God, to keep yourself safe. So... I think there's that spin on it. You know, she didn't need to suffer whatever they were going to do, eat her out of house and home and, and um, take their way. But anyway, she is uh, has the gift of witchcraft. And the and really, now we look at it, it's plant magic. And of course, how many of us are? Well, definitely I'm training. I'm training in um, herbal medicine, Chinese herbal medicine. So I get that plant magic. And um, of course, there's a lot of plant you know, jungle medicina out there, other types of plant magic as well. So she's there coming into our consciousness uh, and bringing those gifts to us right now in in this world, in this current era. So I think we need to sit up and take notice of CSA as well. Um, and very much more now these days. And especially, I really recommend that book, Madeline Miller. Madeline Miller does write a lot of retelling of the myths from a contemporary viewpoint. And I highly recommend the stories. They're like a gripping read. They really are. And um, brings to life all these myths and stories from antiquity. And she also wrote The Song of Achilles, um, which is also an excellent story around the uh, the Trojan Wars really so kind of predates Circe in a way so you could read the Song of Achilles and then go on to Circe because uh, the 10 years before the um, the story of Circe we have the Trojan Wars and before that there's a really good book um, Margaret George wrote this one which is the Helen of Troy story so um, that is 
begins with the setup of the Trojan War and Helen of Troy, how she came about as the daughter of Zeus and uh, Lyra the Swan and um, starts the Trojan War. Then we have the Song of Achilles, which is his story, um, which also then involves um, Eris, who threw down the apple of discord. And then when the Trojan War has finished after 10 years, we get Odysseus trying to go home. And this is where he gets stuck on the island with Circe for, I think it was seven years. And it takes him a further three years to get home to Penelope. And there's another book, Clytemnestra, that's just out. And that story more about Penelope. Penelope's story too. So all these fascinating books are bringing all these myths and asteroids to life and I highly recommend them um, because they really feel, um, they give a real modern understanding of these stories and how they might relate to us and why they're there then in the asteroids in our chart, in our natal chart. Now the asteroids, why are they there? Well, you know, what are they? There's like a bunch of rubble orbiting the sun just as we orbit the sun and we've got these glorious planets and the earth all orbiting the sun. And then in between there's this rubble uh, or fragments are supposed to be fragments of a planet. And whether that's planet that was got destroyed or has yet to come together or never, never materialized. Now, some say that this is the planet Maldek. Um who used to orbit between Mars and Jupiter. And if you Google some of this, it'll come up with Phaeton as um, one of the possible planet that used to orbit between Mars and Jupiter. Now, these asteroids are very specifically between Mars and Jupiter. And if you think the planets before, before Jupiter, so that's Mercury, Venus, Earth, obviously, and Mars... They're the planets, are the inner planets. And these are more to do with our personal lives and our, you know, what, what we get up to personally when they relate to us because they're so close to us. Beyond that, from Jupiter onwards, we have the outer planets. And those outer planets, because they move so slowly around the zodiac, that means that they are generational planets. So what they do sometimes often affects more than one people or affects us for a long time. And when you have them in your birth chart, you know, your whole year at school will have had the same position. Less so Jupiter, because Jupiter is kind of the link where it super expands yourself beyond yourself and into a, a a new learning beyond your sort of your small or domestic life as it were as a as a child i mean so the planets are organized uh, in in a sort of harmonic resonance and um and harmonic order so when you get if you imagine that uh, mercury is is uh, say one set of distance from earth then you get to venus and it's two two of it's double that and then you get to earth and it's double that again so each planet from the sun is twice the distance further than the previous planet so so as i was saying um mercury to venus say is one then venus to earth would be two and then earth to mars would be four and then mars to the asteroid belt is eight and the asteroid belt to Jupiter is 16. 
and Jupiter to Saturn is 32 and so on and so on and including Pluto. And I know Pluto has been downgraded, but Pluto, the planet, is involved in this harmonic resonance of each of these being um, twice the distance of the one before, which is kind of miraculous, I feel. So here with this with this idea of the twice the distance of the previous one, here we have the asteroid belt, which completely fits in with the order of the planets and that's why the asteroid belt is seen as a once was a planet or maybe say lesser so the idea that it is a planet to come together or never could come together so that's why the asteroid belt is fairly important in the scene in the idea of astronomy not just astrology so there are many theories about what happened here and um, there's a few that I've liked that really form a whole theory for more um, esoteric and spiritually minded um, you know listeners me included so Maldak you know the destruction of Maldak was said to transfer so Maldak being one of the um, ideas the, the destruction of Maldak was the idea of destroying all the entities on Maldek and or destroying the planet so the entities then moved to Earth and the entities are therefore feeding and um, you know feeding off humanity and driving humanity in different ways with greed with lust with with all these kind of different operations and ideas in the head in the in the mind in the body to really kind of put humanity off course so that's where Maldek is kind of viewed now the idea here, and then there's also Phaeton, you know, Phaeton, you can Google Phaeton, which is spelt like Phaedra with the P-H-A-E, so Phaeton with um, T-O-N on the end. Um, it is said that the asteroid belt was created by a flash of lightning, a flash of thunder 500,000 years ago. And this is how Maldek, presumably, and Phaeton were destroyed. 500,000 years as a flash. Now, they say that that they'd that it was created by a hydrogen bomb, whoever created that hydrogen bomb. But it was an advanced civilization, or, or it was just the hydrogen, a, a flash of hydrogen that was just seen across the whole universe and flash. Um, it was gone. Now, five hundred years ago, if we're equating this to a bit more of Steiner's theory that um, that was mid Lemuria. And mid Lemuria was when the fall happened. And the fall is when Adam and Eve ate from the apple in the Garden of Eden and enabled humanity to then become conscious of themselves. And the idea that their free will then would bring them into uh, sin and be able to then evolve via karma. So that's the fall of 500,000 years ago, mid Lemuria. And and then we see that this big flash of hydrogen bomb that obliterated Maldek stroke Phaeton 500,000 years ago. Maybe that's the connection. Maybe that is it, you know, because the asteroids are uniquely kind of um, um, connected to our personal karmic stories. And... When you think, you know, this idea that we, humanity, has evolved over millennia, 
And, you know, we started as kind of amoeba-like substances without our spirit inside our bodies in Polarian and uh, in eras called old Saturn when the planets were all connected into one. And you imagine if the planets were all connected into one, they then have the um, the same, they measure the same as the whole, the the orbit of the planets, as it were, if you measure that as one planet, that's if you put them all together, that's what they create. So they're slowly separated from Polarian era to Hyperborean, then to Lemuria when the fall happened, then to Atlantis, and then to our current Earth era, which is also it was actually called Arian, which maybe, you know, has more of a political idea now but that's what it's called in in the whole theory of this the Aryan. so this is um um so to have this asteroid planet stroke uh, asteroid belt is um to have it being blown up in whatever way by either a crash of a meteor or a crash of another planet or you know you look up and you can see all these different ideas about how it was was obliterated and created into a pile of rubble um it's called disruption theory by modern science disruption theory of the fifth planet from the sun so we now understand that the the fall created or we not now, but this is an understanding that the fall, um, i.e. Adam and Eve and the apple, created a duality system, which then created karma. And therefore, this was how we then evolved, humanity evolved. But because before we were completely uh, naive, shall we say, and it's opened us opened up to the sins of the world. And potentially then with that idea of the entities coming in, you know, the darker forces coming in to really kind of make us have to address things um, in our with our own personal will. And so the asteroids, wherever they are in your chart, are an excellent way of seeing what is making you sick, what is afflicting you and what stories maybe do you need to play out are already playing out that's making you sick kind of thing. And the asteroids are also mainly female stories. And is that because the astronomers who found them have kind of given them those female names because the planets, apart from Venus, are mainly male. Mercury is androgynous, but we still call him he, but he is androgynous. And um, um, yeah, so it's only Venus, really. And sometimes we see the moon as a she, but in other, you know, depending on which um, uh, avenue you go down it's, the moon can be seen as a male but mostly it's it's the moon or even the sun could be female sometimes but it's um, seen as male as well so but venus is definitely female and um and the archetype female and so these female stories in the asteroid uh, in the asteroids where they are in your charts are often complex subplots for our lives and, you know, suddenly bring a new depth of meaning and go, oh, God, yeah, that is why that adds so much depth to it. And just as I explained, you know, even for me with the CSA in my chart, when I read CSA's book and realized that they were complaining about her voice and here I am with a podcast up yours to ever, ever said that. Um, so. Yeah, so the female stories, these are perhaps, you know, pushed aside because modern 
patriarchal setup sees these as kind of a less than important and the asteroids are less than important and really we have to ignore our emotional stuff to be more logistic and to be successful in the world but these stories again no you do have to pay attention to them and so they are domestic stories they are also relationship issues and how you relate and some of those stories will definitely play out in your relationships and they are also stories about your karmic duty your dharma, your truth and where you're heading and and the things that you must um, challenge and be brave and gracious about. Because, of course, it's like the hero's journey, what some of these asteroid stories. So, yeah, this ast the asteroids were discovered around 1801 because and, and then it was kind of this theory. They knew that there was this kind of planet um there should be something there because of the order of the planets. It's like, why? Why is there this gap that doesn't fit in this? And this this um, uh, law of you know twice as far from the next one is called the uh, Titius Bode law. I hope I'm saying that's right. Titius Bode, man, Mr. Titius and Mr. Bode. It might mean Titius, but I think it's Titius law. It's the Tit Titius Bode law. Anyway, one of them discovered in 1801 Ceres and Ceres is our corn goddess and so she's like a mothering energy that provides nourishment for us but when there's a drought or when the harvest isn't in she's not providing nourishment so that can be that um, paradox or just position was like where you're supposed to get nourishment from and perhaps don't occasionally so it's that kind of mother <laughs> um, and so they discovered uh, one of them discovered Ceres in 1801 and then well this fits in she's a she's a dwarf planet now but they were like here here's the next here it is you know this fills in the theory and then they discovered uh, in 1802 a year later they found Pallas Pallas Athena and uh, you know this is where you have in your chart real wisdom so um, 1801 1802 they're like yeah these planets fit in but there's two here that's weird and then Further on into the 1800s, they found Juno and then they found Vesta. And so those we often find, you'll see in astro.com, the, if they offer you some asteroids, they'll offer you Chiron, but they'll offer you Ceres, Pallas and Juno and Vesta um, for your chart because those were the ones that were discovered first. And so by 1823, they had named that missing planet the asteroids as a oh, potential asteroid was Phaeton. <clears throat> and it's quite funny, Phaeton's story is, uh, you know, whether the, did they, they must have realized this, but Phaeton was the, the shining one. And <clears throat> he had kind of, kind of a, he was shining and massive ego and stuff. And he wanted to drive the chariot of the sun for the day. He was like, let me drive it. I can do this. This is, this is, I can do this. And so he goes up to uh, drive the chariot that has got these beautiful horses pulling it along to get the sun across the sky every day. And, and because these horses are kind of um, sort of mystical horses, they're super powerful and they're ain't going to be driven by nobody. So the drive goes bad and the horses get out of control. I mean, I'm laughing, but mm. anyway, the, the carriage of the carrying the sun nearly crashes into the earth. It's heading for earth and it's a disaster. And Zeus steps in. Zeus, Zeus sees what's going and sends a lightning bolt. This is your hydrogen bomb. It sends a lightning bolt to 
to Phaeton to kill him before he destroys Earth. And so therefore he obliterates um, Phaeton and he's and uh, with a lightning bolt. And so this kind of aligns with our hydrogen bomb theory, um, which I quite like, actually. And also potentially this is the idea of here he was coming to Earth with all this karma and his ideas and the horses, etc. And like, no, but that's when potentially when Eve bit that apple or Adam beat that apple and bosh, out came all this karma that was kind of there for us to kind of realize, to connect to, to process. And so there it is surrounding us in the sky, in this, um, yeah, as Phaeton and uh, of Maldek or of all of these wonderful asteroids. And there's thousands of them and we haven't even discovered or named half of them. And as I mentioned <laughs> that this is rubble, that there is a theory as well, that potentially that this rubble is yet to form a planet. And there are ideas about, you know, when astronomers say we well, there are spaces in in the astronomical kind of field landscape that uh, are kind of magnetizing or making other planets go off their path. So therefore have a magnetic pull. And there would be, they're trying to discover or they're saying there's a planet quite near to us. And that is involved in also the Lilith myth, um, Black Moon Lilith. But anyway, this planet is never to materialize or has already materialized and blown apart, hydrogen bomb, phaeton, whatever. And... Um, but I must say that this is not to be confused with Nibiru. Nibiru is the 12th planet, potential 12th planet. And Nibiru arrived 450,000 years ago, apparently. So again, that could tie in with our uh, the fall theory. Um, so um, that's 50,000 years after the asteroid belt. And but But let's see, this is a story where Nibiru... Uh, or the inhabitants of Nibiru kept brought their planet, came to Earth to go, there's gold there. <laughs> and they went to Africa to uh, sort of more um, and the Middle East kind of. And they were like, we want to get the gold from Earth. And when they were leaving, these are the Anunnaki, by the way, when they were leaving, um, and this is all documented in the Sumerian tablets, uh, that they had this planet Nibiru, which brought humanity, which brought fire to humanity and advanced us, you know, tenfold. So that would be after after the um, um, after the fall. But anyway, on their way out, um, they say that 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 Nibiru struck a planet, the fifth from the sun, called Tiamat and blasted it to smithereens. And there we have the asteroid belt. So the asteroid belt was created by the Anunnaki on planet Nibiru from the Sumerian tablet. So there's another tale for this, which which is probably worth looking into as well. Bringing it all to you. <laughs> These weird and wonderful theories. So adding to weird and wonderful theories, although uh, for me, they are the absolute truth that the mystical truth that we is kind of hidden from us, really. Um, but anyway, the asteroid belt, there is um, the idea. This is a Steiner based theory and um, that we we in our sleep, are, especially our astral bodies, our etheric body goes to the earth to be re-energized and our astral body goes up through the planets 
right through back to Saturn so that we make this journey every night through the planets. And of course, this is a, a, a interdimensional thing, not necessarily a um, traveling on a spaceship thing. This is interdimensionally that we're traveling through the planets in our sleep. We go there and back. And this sleep journey also mirrors the afterlife journey when we travel back through the planets and also our being born when we come from right from outer space and very particularly go through we land on the moon the dark side of the moon and we come out the other side to come to earth and it's funny because the other side of the moon has got tons of pits on it and craters and it's like where everyone's coming bosh into the moon to come out the other side to be born on earth anyway um this uh so that's the 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 um the birth theory and also the uh, afterlife journey or the birth this is the birth journey and the afterlife journey which we mimic again and again in our sleep um but the idea here as well also is that we get stuck in the asteroid belt because we get stuck here because this is where we need to clear karma and potentially that's where we have loads of dreams and and you know because there's all these stories here and the karma plays out in our sleep and we get to understand things from a different point of view and we do get to see some weird and wonderful things oh my god my dream the other night was incredibly weird with um i, I was watching this but although i felt it was me uh, being attacked but then turning into a like lizard woman and then then growing another head out of my scale so i had two exactly the same heads i mean god where did that come from? But anyway, um, so these are the asteroid belt. We get stuck in our sleep in the asteroid belt. We don't travel as freely th through it as we might. And um, this is where the karma happens. This is where karmic stories are. And how do we clear karma? We do this via our own stories. And these are saying again, the domestic stories, the relationship issues and also our duty, our dharma. So that sounds familiar. That is also, you know, where the asteroids have their themes in these domestic relationship and duty um, challenges. So um, this all fits together quite nicely. Bringing us back to the fall theory um, around the Lemurian time. Now, the, in Lemuria, that's when we also separated into male and female and after that, we have the Atlantean era. And in the Atlantean era, there was a lot of soul theft. People were stealing energy from each other. And um, and really, when what they weren't realizing that when you steal from soul or soul fragments from another person, you actually switch karma. You take their, that part of their karma, too. So they weren't realizing this. So this uh, idea of theft within the Atlantic era um is like the the big mix-up and this is also where we developed our solar plexus our sense of self and our being here and those were where they were switching those around so some people were left with nothing and others with more so this is a, a huge switching of karma and this switching of karma in in soul theft is also the added effect of any theft that you're taking on someone else's energy, not just their possessions. So it's a note to self when I next nick a biro. So the reason I'm talking about these asteroids is that they are involved, uh, or a few of them I noticed are involved in the Venus retrograde. 
And the first one was Pallas Athena herself. And that's obviously the Athena goddess when she takes on uh, the she feels so guilty about the death of her friend Pallas that she takes on her um, her identity, too. And that's an identity of absolute genius and intelligence. And this in our charts is where we don't need to learn or we find natural ability. And Pallas Athena is very much in this um, Leo Venus be Leo retrograde. And I feel it's like where she's saying to us, look, you know this, you, you know, you know what you got to do. But she swiftly moves on to leave us to the other asteroids and the Venus retrograde, because then um, she is involved in the Mercury retrograde that happens sort of um, just well, crosses over um, and happens towards the end of the Venus retrograde and carries us on uh, into September and into Virgo season. So I'm going to talk more about that uh, in a in a episode coming up. Then, of course, there's Lilith. We're loving Lilith. And she's really intrinsic, really close to Venus and Mars all through this and especially to Venus. So Lilith here is actually saying to us, you know, within this, as much as Pallas has gone, you know this. Lilith is going don't stand for that. <laughs> you know, you've got to upgrade here and stand for what you believe. And um, but also involved is Juno. She's coming in through cancer and she's there with the with the new moon, the Leo new moon. She's there on the retrogrades. Juno is the marriage broker, as I said. And so she's actually bringing I know Leo is concerned with affairs of the heart. But Juno here is um, also sort of bringing that relationship element to this Venus retrograde so that even though there may be ideas beyond relationships that are dealing with your heart within this Venus retrograde there is an idea that that Juno's coming and going well this does mean everything to your relationship or your relationships um anyway and and then we have as i noted Circe now Circe at the moment is in Sagittarius and Circe um so she she forms a grand um, fire trine with Venus retrograde and with um, Chiron in Aries. And she's there in Sagittarius. So the three fire signs are getting a dose of then Circe, you know, who we may ignore. She's used to being ignored, but she is there doing the magic. She is there shape-shifting, adding complexity, adding a layer of, you know, protect yourself, move out of that, change your, change who you are, change who they are, you know, use your sense of, um, of, of identity to, ma you know, with the connection to the earth and its magic, you know, shape this up if you want it to. If you really want to grasp yourself in relationship, there's magic there that you can do using the earth's energies, using your plants, medicine, pollute, you know, whatever form that comes to you in. CSA is there really opening the door here for us all to invest in our own sense of magic and learn that idea, learn some new ideas about ourselves, go beyond ourselves to really make this Venus retrograde happen in a really positive way. So um, I was, I'm absolutely overjoyed that CSA is there within this and obviously a grand fire trine. Well, towards the end of Venus retrograde, there's a grand earth trine. And whenever there's a grand trine, it makes the energy really move 
very fast. So for a grand earth trine, earth doesn't move fast. Earth doesn't move at all. So to have a grand earth trine is really pushing and shifting long stuck institutional ideas or anything that kind of doesn't feel like it's going to ever move. And here comes a grand earth trying to go right, changing this up. Uh, so the grand fire trine, the fire moves very quickly already. So this is like a really flash of thunder. This is like the the um, the bolt of lightning and the and the um, you know let's set fire to this. Let's burn this up with passion. There's a the coupe de food, especially the love at first sight idea that you get when the Venus is going to do the Venus Kazemi on the 13th of August. And that's, I can talk about that in the next episode about Venus Kazemi, which I'm also very excited about. But anyway, here's CSA as well. And yes, please do read Madeline Miller's book, um, CSA, because I highly recommend it just to see how those themes come into your own life and so that we in a modern society update our understanding about uh, CSA and other of the asteroids that, you know, because they've all been coming from a very uh, patriarchal standpoint and uh, they need to be retold. And I feel that this can really happen, especially now the North Node is in Aries, um, as we're getting a retelling of the masculine, we can also get a retelling of the feminine too. So um, these these are my sort of asteroid thoughts for this Venus retrograde. And um, although they don't often it doesn't just pertain to the Venus retrograde, there's so many more asteroids, which I will be talking about in coming episodes. But um, definitely talking about these um, um, for Venus retrograde, you can check where they are in your chart. Um, I'm actually going to give you the numbers um, that they relate to for astro.com if you want to have a look. So when you move into in astro.com, if you move down to chart selection and scroll down to the bottom, there are all the extra planetary bodies that you can put in. And in this little right hand box, you can put a number and a comma. But on the left hand box, they've already got uh, Lilith, Juno, CSA and Pallas. Um, but you can add in that box, you can add CSA. She's number 34. So you put 34 and a comma in that box and she'll come up. You can put Salome. She is in charge of your sacral and any initiations there. She's 562. Um, I think Pitha, she's 432 unless she's in the side box. Uh, we can put Medusa in. Um, she's 142. Eros is 433. Now, I like to put in Isis and Osiris because Isis gives you knowledge of the stars and their heavens and how it works. And she's number 42. Her husband, Osiris, he is 1923, 1923. And he gives you knowledge of the earth because, of course, his body was remembered or cut up and put around the earth and then re Remembered by the wife. Um, and I'd say Aphrodite is a really nice one to look at. And that's one, three, double eight. And then and she's obviously another version of Venus. Um, and then there's Mary Magdalene. Magdalene is number three, one, eight. So there's a few asteroids for you to go and look for in your chart. So thank you for listening. I would love it if you would follow rather than just listen because the following helps other people get to see my uh, podcast or hear my podcast. So, but thank you for listening and I will definitely see you next episode where I will be talking about the new moon in Leo and the um, Venus Kazemi. So until then, thank you and goodbye. 